This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we'll show you how to go from employee truck driver to savvy business owner. And we'll do it together because we're starting our own trucking company, Holland Assets. So you'll get a front row seat through the whole process. Together with some experts in the field, we'll teach you how to set up a business, buy a truck, get your DOT and MC numbers, get insurance, and a lot more. Thanks for joining us. Welcome, everybody, to the Holland Assets Podcast. This is episode number 13, how to save money on fuel and more. I am Craig, your host. And over there, Chris. Chris. Lucky, lucky number 13. Oh, look, I was trying not to jinx it. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing to us? I'm not superstitious. Well, so welcome, I... to our, welcome to our final episode of Holland Assets. <laughs> it's all downhill from here, folks. Uh, okay, so the last couple of weeks, we've talked a lot about how to spend money, right? That's fun. Spending money is, uh, well, it's depressing, so, but, yeah, but sometimes. Fun. Uh, now, today is going to be a little different. We're going to change it up and talk a bit about how to save money, which is less fun in the short run, but much more fun in the long run. You kind of you have to... You're, the success of the business is dependent on how much money you can save in, in certain areas. So yeah, it's it's important. You know, and, and so far, you know, kind of looking at the podcast, you know, as a whole and the episodes that we've done so far, and, and this is included in that we've really done a lot of, um, you know, stuff that's really just that startup phase. We haven't really got into, into the operations So this episode. And I think about probably the next three episodes are still going to kind of be on that vein, but pretty soon we're going to start talking about operations and actually what's happening is, as Holland Assets is been getting going and, right. and rolling down the road and making money. So we're, we're kind of making that transition right now, talking about some of the final things that we need to do to kind of get ready to hit the road. And, uh, those, the next few episodes are going to be in that same arena, but, uh, we're slowly starting to transition into operations. And, you know, I, I know this would be a really obvious point for a lot of people, but remember, this is a podcast. And so as we get to these other subjects where we get to the operations side of things, how to run that business that you've started. If you need a refresher, uh, you know, oh, what are they talking about here in this episode? It, go back and download those old ones. Uh, go check out the show notes at hollandassetsllc.com. Uh, make sure that you're refreshed on all that stuff. It's going to be there for time immemorial. It is there for you uh, to listen to on repeat. I'm sure we're charming enough to carry that off over and <laughs> yeah, over. I, I think you could listen to us easily three times an episode, right? <laughs> no, no you, problem. Before you'll get bored. Exactly. Uh, all right. So this week, like you said, transitioning into kind of running the business, which is great as we're following along with your journey of, uh, you know, you've started the business and now it's time to stop monkeying around and actually run the dang thing. I know this has all just been fun for you, right? This has just been a, 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 there, there a joy. Been, yeah, for the most part, it's been pretty fun, but definitely also uh, some, a chore. Yeah, there's some, you know, pull your hair out moments. Yeah, <laughs> and that's normal. Yeah, I've, like, like you mentioned, I've started several businesses and uh, every time there's, there's times you got to, you're going to pull your hair out and get frustrated, but that's just, that's all part of the journey. Right. Absolutely. So, uh, before we get into all that, of course, uh, we want to talk about kind of our housekeeping stuff. I've already mentioned hollandassetsllc.com, where you can go check out the show notes. That's Holland with no G, hollandassetsllc.com. Also, let's talk about the contest. We've run a couple contests already. Chris, how yeah, did those so go? The, the first one, we got our first winner. Um, Rob Pelton won a $50 gift card because he posted a nice nice picture of his truck. We're, we're, we've got another contest that's going on right now. 
Um, basically, you just pit, post a picture of uh, some scenery in a state that you're traveling through. And when, you know, pretty shortly after this podcast launches, we're going to have that, that contest will end and the next one will start. And the next one, just to kind of uh, spoil things a little bit here, is going to be, you're going to post a comment about what is your favorite place to eat on the road. So stay, keep, keep track of the Holland Assets Facebook page. The, the details for each contest will be on there and, and it'll get announced when exactly that next contest is going to launch. We're going to be doing this again for um, quite a few more weeks. So, you know, keep keep your eye on things and uh, watch for those contests. So you said favorite place to eat on the road? Favorite place to eat on the road. So, yep. Now, I, I'm sensing that this is becoming less a contest about getting people engaged on the Facebook page. And it's more just about... Uh, getting nice tips for yourself. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so this is, <laughs> I've so got if to you find more good places. To if eat you can't on the road win your sure. own contest, you're going to find a way to win the contest, regardless. I, you give me like a good four or five new places to eat on the road, and I will be the winner. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Uh, okay, so Chris, what is what's happening on the road these days? Uh, anything exciting happen to you? Yeah, there's there's been some exciting things and some not so exciting things. You know, July in, in I don't know what it is about the summer in July, but July has always traditionally in the trucking world been a little bit of a tougher month. There's just not as much freight moving. And, um, so I've, I've, I've actually run pretty hard in July. We're, we're recording this right at the end of July. There's just a few more days left in the month and it's, you know, I've, I've run really hard. I've been on the road quite a few days, but, um, I ran into the first time where I actually was on the road and not able to find a load and ended up staying um, I was in Hammond, Louisiana for about a day, day and a half longer than I, I really wanted to be. And, you know, it, it was kind of a frustrating experience because you, you, you want to be out on the road. You want to be rolling down the road, making money, but you can't because you, you can't find a decent paying load. And so um, I, I was thinking a little bit about it as I was going through that experience is you've got to, you've got to one, realize that's going to happen. And you've got to be mentally prepared for that to happen. You know it's going to happen. And just do things so that you don't get discouraged about it. So when I was stuck in Hammond, I, I, I kind of did two things. Um, I, I've mentioned before that I'm in the Army National Guard, and I've got this uh, online course that I've got to complete um, before I can get promoted next, my next promotion. And and it was a great opportunity to just sit down and knock a lot of the modules out that I have to do for that course. So I had that. And then I also, I took a break and, uh, got on my bike, my bicycle that I, that I have with me attached to the back of my truck and rode to a gator farm and, uh, toured a gator farm. That was <laughs> nice. a lot of fun. I bet it was. Yeah. I, I, I got a, I got a hold a little, a uh, Cayman that, you know, I don't know, four, four foot, they're so Cayman. That was kind of fun. Just a little cute guy Just, who yeah, cute wants to rip kisses. your ears off. Yeah, it, it was fun. I'll, I'll have to post a picture in the show notes of there you uh, go. me Your holding the gator. Favorite place to eat in Louisiana, the gator farm. The gator farm, yeah, why not? Gator. They, they have gator meat all over the place <laughs> there. I did eat at a nice place. I can't remember the name of it that was uh, in that area. Um, some Cajun food. Cajun nice. food is good. I was kind of disappointed, though, because crawfish were out of season. I really wanted some crawfish. Oh, well, you know, I'm sure you'll be down there again soon uh yeah it's or a, whenever you, you need it's to. a fairly common place to pass through especially if you're going between texas and atlanta which is a pretty pretty common lane there you go all right so uh chris what are we talking about today today uh, as you mentioned earlier we, we we're talking a little bit about saving money so let's start off with 
what are the kind of the top five expenses that every trucking company has? So, um, can you guess what the first one is? Got to be. Um, no, because you don't put any in a semi truck. Oh gosh, dang it! <laughs> you did it again. Uh, again, that's the second time. <laughs> fuel, fuel, diesel. What? That's number two. Oh, you're killing so me, man. So fuel's number two. Wait, fuel's number two. I feel like I really ought to be able to get this one. And, and, uh, insurance and one no one and two are pretty close oh, okay in as far as how much you spend driver salary or pay oh, and benefits okay. that's number one fuels number two number three is truck and trailer so you you know paying for your truck and trailer the payments um and then four are repairs and maintenance they're kind of categorized together and then fifth is insurance oh okay well at least it made the top five it did make the top i don't five. feel totally foolish no you're, you're not to just a little bit foolish not totally <laughs> thanks man now <laughs> yeah. you you say driver are, are we going to start are we going to go right down the line how do you want kind of do I, 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 we're not going to touch each one of those because one for one driver paying benefits most of the audience that we're talking to at least starting out with are they're going to be the driver so That's, they're essentially paying question. themselves so yeah. I, we're not going to really cover driver pay and benefits that later on down the road we might have an episode with that we definitely will cover fuel um we've, we've already had an episode on truck and trailer and kind of how to save money with that so we're not going to touch that in this one we, we will definitely talk about repairs and maintenance and then insurance we've we've it had its own episode as well so we won't really go into it, it those so so today mostly we're going to talk about repairs and maintenance and fuel and then i'm also i i'd like to talk just really briefly briefly a little bit about saving some personal expenses okay well yeah i might have categorized that under driver anyway but yeah yeah potentially okay so uh fuel is going to be the big one here like you said and so i'm kind of thinking maybe we save that till the end and so with what you're saying maybe we talk about maintenance and repairs first i think that's uh, a good idea dig into that one so yeah, give me, give me the lowdown on repairs and maintenance. Okay. So first and foremost, I kind of have two rules with, uh, with repairs and maintenance. One with maintenance, do not neglect maintenance. It, it's, it's, and it's really easy to do. Cause you know, you take, for example, you're on the road and you know, you, you kind of look at what your manufacturer recommends for your scheduled maintenance. So how often do you have to have those full service oil changes done? And, and it, and it varies like in my truck, they recommend about every 50,000 miles, other trucks, it's more common to have 30,000 miles between those. And so let's say you've got, you've got a truck where you're supposed to do the, the full service maintenance on it every 30,000 miles. And you know, you, you, you get home from a run and you've, you've had at the end of that run, you've got 20,000, 25,000 miles that you've run and you, you know, so you need to get the maintenance done in, in about 5,000 miles. Well, you, you tell yourself, you know, I still have 5,000 miles to go. I'll get it done next time I come home. And, and maybe the next time you kind of get around to it, you've already got another 10,000 miles. So now you're at 35,000 miles and you, you get the service done at 35,000 miles. And the next time that it comes around, you're all like, well, nothing happened last time when I did it at 35,000. I'm not going to do it now. And before you know it, all of a sudden, you know, that kind of creeps up on you and you're going... 50,000 miles between services and the the manufacturer recommends you do it every 30,000 miles. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I can't remember if I've told this story uh, into the microphone before, but I, I, I like this story about the guy who was driving across the Gobi desert and he wanted to get a car and he said, I want an auto or I want a manual transmission. And the guy at Mercedes who was selling him the car that he was going to do says, no, you want automatic. And he says, why? I, I love manual transmission. I want to be in control of my car. And he says, no, 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 
who do you think knows how to drive this car better? You or Mercedes-Benz? Yeah. You know, and so I, I've always, that story's always stuck with me and just this kind of idea that, you know, it says manufacturer recommended and you kind of roll your eyes and say, oh, well, of course they recommend it because they want you to take it into their dealership or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but in this case, you know, this kind of the sharpening your axe thing, you know, you don't want your tool to to go rusty or dull. You don't. And and that's, you know, that's the, the manufacturers recommend that for a reason. And, uh, you know, if, if you're not doing it on their scheduled maintenance, it's not going to catch up with you right away. You you may go 100,000 or 200,000 or 300,000 miles with no negative repercussions for, for waiting as long as you do and extending those service intervals. But eventually it's going to happen. It's going to catch up with you and you're going to you're, you're going to blow an engine because, or you're going to blow a rod or, you know, something, a valve or something's going to, going to go bad on the engine and cause a significant, um, repair because you weren't doing what the manufacturer recommends. So that's the rule. Number one, don't neglect maintenance and don't neglect repairs either. If there's an, a small issue that you know, may not be stopping you along the roadside, but something that's, that's broken that needs to get fixed, fix it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's rule number one. What about number two? So rule number two is maintenance and repair costs are way more expensive when you do them on the road. So whenever possible, maintenance and repair should always be done kind of at your home local shop where they know you, you're not going to get taken advantage of, you know, especially if you're out on the road and something breaks down and, and you're stuck alongside the road and you either have to get towed or you have to have a service um, person come out, a service truck come out and do the repair on the road, it's going to cost you way more money. Right, right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, in this case, uh, is a truck anything like a car where, you know, they have a dealership where you can take a, a Peterbilt or whatever uh, to get that specialized service? Or is it you're going to have to find uh, kind of your yeah, own guys? It's, it's just like cars. There's There are dealerships where you can get repairs done and there are, you know, mom and pop shops or non-dealerships, third parties that can do most of the repairs. There's some repairs you have to get done at a dealership, but the vast majority of them you can get done at a third party. And that just like with cars, that's typically going to be cheaper to go somewhere other than the dealership to have those repairs done. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So how did you decide who you were going to use? That's a good question. Um, I, I'd recommend you, you definitely shop around a lot. You talk to people, um, you can go on Google and look at Google reviews. If you find a shop, you think, hey, I, this looks not too bad. Go on to Google and look at the reviews and read through the reviews. Now, take take all those reviews with a grain of salt because, you know, there are very few businesses out there where everybody's 100% happy with what's been done. But kind of look at the general census, compare the reviews of one shop to the reviews of another shop. And, uh, you know, hopefully the shops have, you know, 10, 20, 30 plus reviews so you can get a, a pretty good feel for, you know, how they do. Um, but there's other ways to do it too. You know, I can't remember if I've talked a little bit about this in, in, um, the podcast in the past, but I'm a really big fan of networking. I think networking super important. So the place that I take my truck to do maintenance on, I got because I networked and, and I'm, you know, believe this or not, I'm more of an introvert than I am an extrovert. I don't necessarily totally enjoy being in a big room with people that I don't know and, and just making new friends. I, that's not something I enjoy doing, but a lot of the times I will force myself to do that. I've, you know, here in Utah, I've joined the Utah Trucking Association many years ago and I've developed a lot of good friendships. And so the, the guy that actually does my repairs is a guy that owns a, you know, a medium sized trucking company. He's got, I don't know exactly how many trucks, 50 to a hundred trucks. So, so a decent size, yeah, that's good but not you. huge, not a huge guy he's got his own shop 
And, you know, he, he, like a lot of the guys that are in that range, you know, the 20 to hundred truck range that probably have their own shop. He started out with one truck and he just, over the years has been able to grow his business. And those guys, oftentimes they, they sympathize with the guy that's just starting up and the guy that's just got one truck and trying to grow his business and trying to have a successful business. And they're, they're more than willing to help you out. So, you know, join those associations, get to know people within the industry, talk to them. And, and oftentimes you're going to find those guys that are willing to help you out. Now I know I, I get a pretty decent, you know, price for the maintenance that I've done, but the thing that even is better than that is I know how he takes care of his trucks and I'm running through the same shop as he runs his trucks through and he treats my truck just like he does one of his trucks. And so I get, you know, a decent price. Plus I get really good filters, synthetic oil. You know, he, he kind of really does a good job with his maintenance program. It makes sense. And it, it really tracks with what you were saying a moment ago about uh, find a shop at home. Don't count on doing maintenance and repairs on the road uh, because it is it's about that relationship right if you are just passing through whoever does the repairs as you're just passing through they have no incentive to maintain that relationship and yeah. so uh, They'll take you know, advantage of it. yeah exactly they have an incentive to you know drive that price up as much as they can as, as much as they think they can get away with versus uh, this networking thing like you say could be painful for some of us. I'm actually, believe it or not, similar to you in that respect, uh, much more introverted than extroverted, but maintaining and well, developing and maintaining those relationships can really pay off in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, that's another good way, you know, whether it's, you're trying to find, um, somebody to help you with your maintenance, or maybe you're trying to find somebody to help you with compliance, or you're trying to find somebody that can help you find, a shipper to get a direct relationship with, you know, that networking is how you do that. Those, those relationships and those contacts just don't jump onto your plate. You've got to go out and find them. Yeah, absolutely. One other question for you about uh, maintenance and repairs, and that is, can you do it yourself? Because I'll tell you what, I have learned quite a lot about my 2003 uh, Hyundai Elantra from YouTube. Yeah. And, uh, you know, doing little things here and there. Is that a viable option for somebody looking to shave a few bucks off of things? Ab absolutely. And, and I'd highly recommend it. You know, we talked about a little bit in the startup costs that you need to go out and buy some just basic tools to, to help with this kind of thing in repairs. You take, for example, I recently, I, I, my window washer fluid reservoir had a leak in it and I was able to repair that by myself. Um, I had to pretty early on replace the batteries on my, on my truck. Guess how many batteries a semi has? Oh gosh. Uh, uh, 48. <laughs> Not that many. Okay. Um, anywhere it kind of depends, but they usually at least have three fours. Probably I would think is the I most was common. close enough. You were really close. You were, yeah. only, you were within, you were only 90% off. <laughs> so I, I ended up replacing my own batteries. You know, it's, it's, it's not that hard to do. If you've got a little bit of mechanical aptitude, there's a lot of things that you can do and, and save yourself uh, quite a bit of money. And YouTube, YouTube, and YouTube. I, I have, I actually haven't looked on YouTube to see if it shows some of that stuff, I'm but I imagine you, they man, do. I'm I, every, I, I use YouTube for a lot of other I, things. I was doing a headlight on that, uh, that Elantra and I cracked it open and I thought, okay, it's a headlight. I've done a million headlights before. And I open it up and it's this completely bizarre mechanism. I'd never seen anything like it before. I'm fiddling with it for 20 minutes trying to figure it out. I couldn't figure it out. Hopped on YouTube. I literally searched 2003 Hyundai Elantra headlight and somebody showed me how to fix it. Wow, right yeah, there. I see that. And I, so I guess that's just a, a little 
illustration of what I imagine must be true in this realm as well. Yeah, YouTube's great for that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to the next uh, money-saving topic here. We've talked about repairs and maintenance. Uh, you've also talked about personal expenses. You mentioned that briefly. What do you mean by that? I did. So we're going to, you know, just some, you know, when you're on the road, there's a lot of expenses that you have to do that you know, normally would would be rolled into your normal personal budget. So, you know, food is by far the biggest thing. So let's talk just really briefly a, a little bit about that. I don't want to get into this subject too much. I was thinking about this the last few days and I actually want to create a a podcast episode in and of itself that kind of goes over how do you, you know, save money on the road with food. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to do one, one full week where I do nothing but eat in truck stops and fast food and, you know, we'll, buy food on the road. Right. Then, so we'll be recording from the doctor's office. <laughs> probably. Yeah. yeah okay. As my cholesterol is like <laughs> slowing the, the blood down in my veins. Um, so we'll do one week of that and then one week of um, preparing my own food. And so we'll, and we'll see what the cost difference is between yeah. the two. Okay. That sounds I think, good. I, think I like that, that sounds like fun. But, so, uh, but as a brief overview, are we basically talking about like, look, yeah, you can hit all the fast food you want, but that's going to be expensive, very expensive. Uh, versus brown bagging it. And, uh, you know, if you've got, uh, if you've got a truck with a little fridge in there, like yeah, more like power to you. Absolutely. Uh, you can do all that stuff. So like when I go out on the road, just a few things real quick is I, I drink way too much diet Coke <laughs> and I do not leave the house without, without at least Four 12 packs of Diet Coke. Four 12 packs of in Diet the truck. Coke. Yeah. It's sad, isn't it? That's it's pretty bad. That might be the saddest thing it that is. I've ever heard yeah. on this podcast. So, I, Except I, I, for the times, both of the times that I called uh, Fuel Gas. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty cheap. And, and most of the time I can, if I wait for the sales, I can get a 12 pack, you know, four 12 packs of Diet Coke for about 12 bucks. <laughs> Where, so that's like three bucks a, a we've pack, got We've got pack. ourselves a Diet Coke shark here, everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible, I'm telling you. But you buy that at, on, on the road, even that 12-pack in a convenience store, it's six bucks. You know, it's like twice that, literally. Yeah. And Or if I even just buy like a 20-ounce a bottle of Diet Coke, that's two, two bucks. Two bucks, yeah. So yeah. You, you save yourself a lot of money by doing stuff like that. I also... I, do, I like peanut butter and jelly or peanut butter and honey sandwiches. So I'll eat a lot of those. They're pretty easy to re prepare. I, I also started doing tuna fish sandwiches. You know, you get some tuna fish and mayonnaise or Miracle Whip and uh, whoa, whoa, some whoa. relish. None of this Miracle Whip stuff. Oh, you, put, yeah, you put no, mayonnaise hey, in that thing. No, well, there's another thing that you've got an issue with. You don't, <laughs> you, you're not using the right stuff. It's Miracle Whip all the way, that tangy zip. Um you know, another thing my wife will do is when she's, you know, she, when she cooks a meal for the family, she'll, um, set, you know, some of the leftovers, put them in a bag, freeze them, put them in the freezer. And then when I come home, I, I take those with me. Um, instant oatmeal, you know, those are just some of the things that I do to yeah, nice. not have to buy so much food on the road, but we'll get into that yeah. way deeper when we, uh, have have its own episode. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. So the main event, main event here is oh my gosh we're gonna <laughs> you're fired <laughs> all right so I, every trucker out there that's listening to I that know, cringes just, every time you i say have that. i have no doubt yeah. why do you think i keep doing it at I, this point one more time and i'm gonna give them your home address and they'll come and uh, <laughs> beat you to a bloody pulp i yeah well okay <laughs> so fuel let's talk fuel. about fuel right. fuel savings all right so let's let's get started on this one how do you save money on fuel 
I, so I think there's two main keys to saving money on fuel from, from what I've kind of my experience so far and gathered. Um, but the, the, the biggest thing is, is you find a fuel card that's got good discounts. So in the trucking industry, there are fuel cards that have really good discounts at different, uh, fueling location. So that's one. Two is you just have to do really good fuel planning. And we'll talk a, a little bit about both of those as as we go on. So fuel cards, I, I mean, I have one for my little car. Is it kind of a similar thing? It's a rewards card or is this like a credit card? It, no, it's so you've got your rewards card, but this is more like it. it they're, fuel cards are they've got two different options. You can either have a credit card type of fuel card or a fuel card that behaves more like a debit card, but they're specific cards that are, are for truck drivers and trucking companies. They've got some other fancy bells and whistles that we're not going to really go into, but you know, the, the biggest thing with them is they're, they're tied to specific savings that you get because um, you're using that card. Yeah. So, so I actually, you look at my situation, I've actually gotten two fuel cards. I've gotten one that has a, a little discount at one of the major brands of truck stops. And then I've got another fuel card that has really good discounts at some of the smaller mom and pop places like AM Best, um, Speedway. There's some really good discounts with Speedway and um, Sap Brothers. I get a really good discount at kind of those those locations and, and some more. And so what sort of savings are we talking about here? Is this uh, is it kind of you're pinching pennies here or is it kind of substantial savings the, over the course of a month or a year? Good question. So on the, um, they, they kind of go off of the posted price. So on the big retailer, the card that I've got there, I save 10 cents a gallon off of their posted cash price. So you'll notice as you go down the freeway, oftentimes when a, a truck stop is, is advertising their diesel price, they will show what it costs if you use a credit card and what it costs if you use cash. And so when you're using these fuel cards, you actually get a discount off of the cash price. So if the cash price is $3 and the credit price is probably more like three oh five, you'll actually get 10 cents savings off of that $3. So okay. you're paying two ninety. So, yeah, so not, not bad. Not bad. But the, the, other card that, that has this more smaller mom and pops, you know, I, I've seen it 70 cents a gallon off of oh, the posted price. Geez. And so it can be huge. And, and it's really common. Like most of the time I'm saving at least 20 cents a gallon off of the, the savings I can get at the bigger truck stop. The, the best way to probably illustrate this is really with an example. Um, so why, why don't we do that? Why don't oh, we go? So th this, you didn't send me this spreadsheet for which I thank you. <laughs> you know what? I actually don't have a spreadsheet for today's episode. <gasps> yeah. Such a relief. So it is a relief, but we are going to use numbers. So let's take, for example, I, I recently fueled at, um, it's called Russell's Truck Stop. It's in Glen Rio, New Mexico, right on I... It's either 20 or 40. I can't remember for sure. You'll get there. It's your yeah, first one of three months two. on the road, Chris. Yeah, I'll, I'll start remembering these things. So anyway, Glen Rio, New Mexico, filled up at the Russells. And I believe, if I remember right, that they're part of the AM Best um, fuel network. So their posted price for diesel at the time was $2.84. So that's the cash price, $2.84. But with my card, I actually only paid $2.61. So that was a 23 cents a gallon savings. Nice. I pumped 110 gallons of uh, total fuel and saved about $25.30 off of their posted price because of 
um, that discount. Now, I also looked up the closest big chain guy that was in that area, kind of along my route. And after their discount, the closest I got was $2 and 88 cents. So that's, that's even, um, 27 cents more than what I actually paid at my place. So that's a, that's a pretty big savings. And, you know, if we do, let's do like a little bit of back of the envelope math. You know, if you fill up about four times a week, which is, is pretty normal. Um, and you use the same thing where I was saving about 25 dollars for that 110 gallons or I save 25 bucks every time I fill up you're you're talking about a hundred gallon or a hundred dollars a uh, a week that you're saving in fuel by using this discount which is you know a little over five thousand dollars a year so that's I mean that's pretty that's not bad yeah that is substantial yeah. so so the moral of the story is is you know get a fuel card that will give you a a pretty good discount yeah very good and you, do you just get all the cards out there or do you have a plan in place where you know where you want to stop. You kind of have your favorite places to go across the country. Oh, that's a good question. That that kind of brings us to point number two is, you know, the the second really big thing that you need to do if you want to be able to maximize your fuel savings is you kind of have to plan a little bit. So typically my every day as I'm, you know, driving as if it's a day that I need to fuel, which most of the time I'm going to have to fuel once. Not there, there's sometimes you can go a day without fueling, but most days I'm going to stop once to fuel. And so, you know, in the morning or maybe the day prior, or if I'm stuck at a shipper or receiver waiting to get loaded or unloaded, I'll start doing my fuel planning. And so I'll look uh, the route that I'm going and I'll, I'll get emailed every day, um, kind of what those fuel discounts are at each one of those little mom and pop places. And so I'll look along my route and find the one that's the cheapest and, um, you know, plan on fueling up there. So I, I know pretty well in advance where I'm going to stop the fuel instead of, um, you know, getting down the road and all of a sudden, oh, hey, I need a fuel. And I've only got, you know, I, I've only got enough fuel to go about another hundred miles. And really the best place to fuel is 200 miles down the road. So you've got a plan so that you're, you're stopping at the places where you're going to get the best, uh, best pricing yeah that makes sense and you know i I like to joke about the spreadsheets a lot but uh, it kind of sounds like if i were in your shoes i would pretty much need to just get over it because it sounds like organization understanding your situation that is going to be kind of the key here and uh organizing yourself so that you can plan this out i mean you're talking about getting on the mailing list you got to have the right card or cards uh, being ready to take advantage of those situations, right? Yeah, absolutely. You, you it, it does take a little bit of effort, a little bit of thought, a little bit of planning in, in, in all those aspects. You know, you, just finding that fuel car that's the right fuel card for you, you need to think a little bit about it. And, you know, a, a lot of the times a factoring company you work with is going to have fuel card options. You can find some fuel card options that are independent of factoring companies too that uh, that provide some pretty good de- discounts. So, you, yeah, you just, you need to plan. Very good. All right. Well, it'll take effort, but ultimately, you know, if you're talking about maybe up to a hundred bucks a week savings on that, definitely going to be worth all that effort that you're putting in. Uh, Now, are we good on this topic, Chris? Because I got a uh, listener question that I want to get to, or do we have any final thoughts on saving money on the road? I think we've pretty much covered it all. Okay. Cause I've got a question from Nate. Uh, Now, Nate asks, for any small trucking company, at what point is it best to hire an in-house dispatcher versus outsourcing in your experience? Five trucks, 10 trucks, whatever. 
So what I've kind of seen most people do, obviously I, I haven't experienced this personally, but looking at a lot of clients and a lot of friends that I've got and kind of what they have done, um, like with most things, there's, there's, there's some things that kind of make that vary and depend a little bit. Um, but typically you're, you're not going to just hire a dispatcher and all of a sudden that's all that dispatcher is going to do. Typically you're going to hire somebody and you know, they may spend half their time dispatching and they may spend half their time working on the company safety program or something like that. And oftentimes I see guys really have that first hire and usually that first hire, either the owner of the business or that first hire is going to their primary, one of their primary responsibilities is going to be dispatching. So that, that typically happens somewhere around five trucks, especially if you're trying to grow, grow your business. You know, if, if you as a, as a trucking company owner don't ever want to get above 10 trucks, you know, I, I've seen guys who have been able to successfully run a trucking company on their own with 10 trucks. That's not easy. There's a lot on that person's plate, but if you're going to actually try to grow, especially beyond that 10 truck, you need to hire that first employee around five trucks and, and let them take some of the workload off of you. So you can really focus on that growth piece. That makes sense. Absolutely. Uh, very good. Well, hopefully Nate, we've answered that question for you. If anybody else has questions that they would like us to answer on topics that we've already covered or that you suspect we might be covering uh, coming up here, then hit us up. We've talked about the Facebook page. Go find us on Facebook, Holland Assets. And also you can hit us up at hollandassetsllc.com. You can comment on episodes there, uh, submit some questions there for us to answer. Uh, anything else, Chris, today before we wrap it up? I think that, that covers it. Okay. Good, good podcast. Don't good forget episode. the uh, don't forget the contest. Uh, go hit up Facebook. If you're listening to this in three years, then it, you're, you're too late. <laughs> but uh, yeah, go hit up Facebook. Check out those contests that we have going on right now. It is submitting uh, some restaurant recommendations for Chris. He, he wants to know the best places to eat on the road. So help him out and uh, win something in the process. So Chris, let's cut and run. And uh, I'll see you next time. Sounds great. Sounds great.